Hi, I'm Samantha Boffin, and this is Talking Creative, the art of voiceover directing, the podcast that helps you find, prep, and direct the perfect voice artists for your projects so you can get the most from every single booking. Hello, and welcome to Talking Creative. I'm Samantha Boffin. I'm a full-time voice actor and a director. And today, I thought we could chat about briefs. No, not the ones you immediately thought of, but casting briefs. Casting briefs are something that are very dear to my heart because they loom large in my life as a voiceover. They were also quite a major part of my life when I was directing voices because we were often looking for new talent. So I do know what a pain in the arse they can be to write. But the truth is... The more effective brief you can write, the more chance you have of finding the right talent for your project. So I'm going to go through the five key steps that you need to cover if you want to write a killer casting brief, which if you use voice sites, casting sites to find your voices, this should be particularly useful. But it's also useful if you brief agents. I'm going to cover the stuff that you probably need to think about, why you need to think about them. And so that the next time you've got a brief to write, it should be a much simpler, easier process. But firstly, I suppose, we need to look at why a good brief is really important. So think about those classic scenes in many a Hollywood movie that I've seen, where the actors are auditioning on the stage and there's a producer sitting way, way, way out in a dark auditorium, occasionally shouting, well, often shouting, next! And that's what it's like when you're a director that's listening to voices. You've got this list of possible actors or auditions in front of you that you're listening to. And the sad truth is that most of them, many of them, are just wrong. They're not bad voices per se, but they're just wrong for your project. And your time is precious as a director. What you want is a lot of choices, a good bunch of voices to choose from, not 50 that simply aren't hitting the mark. When I landed the role for my very first audio drama, I asked the director how many people had actually auditioned, and he said he lost count after the first 600. Now, that was, to be fair, on a casting site that doesn't limit the amount of people who could audition, but that's fairly typical. A lot of casting sites are like that. And if you don't want to have to wade through tens or hundreds of auditions, then it makes sense to make your briefs laser sharp so that you can actually attract the right people to the job. So perhaps you know exactly what you're looking for in a voice. Or maybe you have absolutely no idea what you're looking for in a voice. But both those places are completely valid points to start from and anywhere in between. So wherever you are, you want to write a compelling voiceover casting spec that will attract the right talent to the job. I get briefs daily as a voiceover from casting sites and direct from agents, and some of them are all over the place. But the ones that are really specific, the ones that I really like, are useful because they either encourage me to audition for them because I'm absolutely right for the job, or they put me off auditioning because I can see I'm clearly wrong. And the more specific you are, the better, because on paper, I could be an adult British female with a sympathetic, caring tone. But if what you're actually looking for is someone who also has a light regional accent, who's about 30, with a more millennial girl-next-door vibe, well, 
Honestly, there could be more obvious choices than me. Or, alternatively, I know that I have to adapt what I sound like to hit your mark properly. So, how do you actually write a brief that gets you what you need? Well, once you understand the technique, writing the brief should be a relatively quick, straightforward affair. And the more template if you like, that you can make it, the easier it is for you. Because the worst thing is, is if you're starting with a blank page each time and sort of making it up as you go along, you don't really know where to start. So the more formulaic you can make it, the easier it will be for you in the long run. Now, one quick aside before we actually get going. The assumption is here that you are looking for professional voices. At the heart of this podcast, the whole reason why I love doing this podcast is that I really want to get over the idea that working with professional voice talent is critical. Now, why is it critical? Well, in this instance, it's really important because pro voices know what they're good at and they don't want to waste your time or their time auditioning for something that they can't actually do. But also, a brief that's had some thought behind it will show an experienced voice how to control the subtleties of their voice because a slight shift in intonation or pitch can give a character or a script a completely different feel and a professional, experienced voice knows how to do this really well. And if you're working with professional talent, it's important not to skimp on your budget. And of course, you're saying, well, you would say that, wouldn't you? But even if it's an indie project, paying a bit more for an experienced actor will elevate the quality of the audio considerably, and you'll get a far better quality of voice responding to your brief. So, okay, let's start at step one. Well, first things first, what is your project all about? So basically, get out there, get out of your system, all the what, where, when, and how, all the nitty gritty of what the project's all about, because this will help you and the voice understand the shape of what they're looking at. So what kind of a project are you working on? Is it a 30-second commercial? Is it an audio book? Is it a game? Is it an explainer video? What is it? So that's where you first start. Where is it going to be seen or heard? And possibly at this stage, how long for? I mean, honestly, at a brief stage, I don't think you need to go into much depth here. My instinct as both a voice and a director is find your voice first and then discuss the specifics of the usage. I mean, by all means, put down something like the fact that it's going to be a local or a national broadcast, or that it's only going to go out on social media, or that it's an internal project. But in actual fact, the usage of it is not that important at this stage. You just need to really acknowledge the fact that you are aware of usage and that you'll pay it. So you can sort of say the basic recording fee is X, but the usage is to be confirmed. So when is the timeline for your project? Have you got a deadline? Because if you've got a deadline of tomorrow or next week or a specific recording day planned, the voice that's auditioning needs to know that because if they can't fit it into their schedule, there's no point in them even stepping up to the mark. Or are you more flexible? Have you got a couple of weeks to do this? And how are you going to be working with the voice actor? Because if you're going to have a directed session and a directed session using a particular kind of software like 
um, Source Connect standard as opposed to Source Connect Now, which is browser-based, then you only want people auditioning that have got the technical equipment that you need to reach their voice. And if you're recording in a in a studio somewhere, again, they need to know where that studio is actually based so that they know they can get to it at the time you need them to get to it. If all you want them to do is record it, send, send them a script and get them to record it and send it back to you, well, that may not be so crucial. But again, if you can just find a way of making that clear within the brief, that would be really useful. And, of course, your budget. Now, a talent needs to understand what the job pays, the basic recording fee. That's often an hourly rate, or it might be a per-word rate, or a per-finished hour rate. Depends totally on what your project is. But asking a voice talent to guess your budget or suggest a quote is really frustrating, actually. It's like putting a blind bid in at an auction when you don't even know what the guide price is. In fact, I avoid auditioning for jobs that don't specify a budget up front, because to me, it either says, well, I haven't thought about this budget, but let's see what comes back. Or it's actually more strategic than that, and you're trying to get a rock bottom price. Now, I'm really happy to work out a budget with directors or producers who come to me direct, but somehow, I mean, auditioning for a project when I have no idea whether it's going to be $100 or $1,000 just seems bonkers to me. So these answers to these specific parts of your brief only need to be fairly quick. So you're, you're saying things like a four to five minute corporate video, public facing internet usage only needed by May the 15th, with a directed session the week beginning May the 10th, talent needs Source Connect standard, and it's $400 plus usage to be confirmed. So once those aspects of the job have been laid out, then you can move on to the more intangible parts of the casting spec, which is what you want the voice to actually sound like, what type of voice you're looking for. So that's sort of step two now is gender and age, and that is vocal age, not actual age. It's a really good idea to make a very definite decision about the gender you're looking for, because that's going to be helpful for both you and the voice actor. And it's one of the basic elements of a casting brief. Are you looking for a female, non-binary or male? And... I know there will be times when you're not quite sure what you're looking for, but often you do have a gut feeling about these things. And be kind to yourself. Make it easy for yourself. Try and make a decision up front, because it makes for a much easier casting journey for you. And if you are undecided, try answering the following sorts of questions. Try asking yourself, well, who is your audience? Who are they going to identify with most? Do you want to bust the social norms or do you want to be more conventional? And one good question that I always found, which was which was really useful to ask myself, is if I had any upsound in the video or the promotion that I was making. Because if the upsound was broadly female, choosing a male voice was probably a good idea, just because of the contrast, if nothing else. But as ever, in the end, it really rather depends on your audience and what is going to work for them. And the same goes really for the vocal age you're looking for. Now, 
Often the casting sites, frustratingly, only give you quite generic options. They give you child or young adult or adult or senior, and you have to tick one of those things. So in the body of the brief, where you're explaining what you're looking for, that's the place where you can actually specify what the vocal age is and be more, be more specific. Because if you're looking for an adult male in their 30s, then being able to specify vocal age 30s will avoid you getting a load of older sounding voices. Because if all you're ticking is adult male, that's a hugely wide group of people. And I know this sounds really pedantic, but I, I see daily briefs that often ask for all genders and all ages. They've ticked everything in the same spec. And it's mad. You won't get what you want unless you're really laser sharp and clear about it. So, for instance, you've ticked um, young adult, but in the, in the actual body of the brief, specify non-binary young adult, vocal age, early 20s. Or you tick female adult but you put female adult vocal age 55 plus or whatever it is that you need. So then step three, we're moving on to the language and the accent. So the language side is often quite straightforward. You probably know if you're going to record a Spanish script or a French script or an English or Japanese script. But the accent part of it is slightly trickier because we've all got an accent. My natural accent is British RP. And like a lot of voices, I can do other accents. Uh, The type of project will determine whether I'm prepared (laughs) to pull out my other accent. Because if I'm doing a long e-learning job, then I'm probably more inclined to use my natural accent. I'd be disinclined, certainly very disinclined, to put myself forward for an American e-learning project if they wanted an American voice. But I could probably pull out an American character voice for something different or within an audiobook. But knowing that the director is looking for a, I don't know, a soft South Yorkshire accent or a Boston accent or an educated Parisian accent is gold, really. It's really useful to all of the voice actors out there who might be inclined to audition. And your project, and it doesn't matter if it's an animation or an e-learning project, whatever it is, it has an audience. And connecting with that audience in the right way is important. And accents conjure social class and the origin of somebody within seconds. So it's really good to be as specific as you can be. I mean, don't sweat it. You, You might need something far more generic. It might be enough to say British regional accents preferred. But if your company or your character is from Birmingham in the UK with a Pakistani heritage, then say that and let the voice actor know if you want a light or more definite accent. Which leads me on to step four, which is pitch, tone and energy. This is the most difficult part of the brief to write and consequently the element that is generally often ignored. But it's really important because this bit, this bit is what gets to the heart of the sound that you want. And it sorts out one South American male adult voice from another South American male adult voice. And of course, of course, it requires quite a bit of thought, but it will save you lots and lots of time in the long run. And it should get you the voice you actually want. So, pitch and tone. 
<laughs> I mean, what's the difference? Surely pitch is tone. And I do understand your pain. I had to really drill down for this bit of this podcast. So the way it works is pitch is connected to a lower or a higher or a more neutral sound. So um, a low deep voice or a light high voice or a neutral voice or anywhere on that scale. It's like a musical score with notes that are going higher or lower. And if nothing else, identifying whether you're looking at a low or a high or somewhere in the middle voice is a really good start because it allows the right voices to respond quickly and accurately to your brief. So for instance, I am naturally quite low pitched. So I keep a lookout for anything that specifies a low or a deep speaking voice. And I can dial my voice up or down within a certain level. But for more corporate projects, I personally stick with my more natural voice. Now, tone is slightly different from pitch. It's the mood or the intention that you're looking for in the voice. So it's not what you say, but how your voice is saying it. So like authoritative or friendly or nurturing, conversational or sparkling. And the more descriptive here, the better. In fact, just yesterday, <laughs> some voice actor friends of mine were discussing how they were meant to sound cool. What did that really mean? You know, was it, was it hey man cool or was it detached cool or was it urban cool? So it's really helpful if you can list a few descriptors so that the voice can get to the heart of what you are trying to create. So let's say, for instance, that you want your talent to sound reassuring. Should the talent be caring and reassuring or experienced and reassuring? Because you will get two very different reads depending on which version of reassuring you're looking for. Now, I've said in previous episodes that giving your voice a role is really useful both for you as the writer of the brief and the director and for the voice as the responder to the brief. So in this instance, are you looking for a caring, reassuring best friend or an experienced, reassuring doctor? And is that a family GP-type doctor or a senior consultant-type doctor? So that would give a completely different approach to your script. If you add in the pace now at this point, so we've had pitch, tone, and now we add in the pace, which is the speed at which you need the actor to deliver the lines, well, then you've pretty much nailed it. Because pace can be an important factor for lots and lots of different projects, from commercials to corporate to characters. Do you want an energetic voice or a punchy or moderate voice, considered or thoughtful? So I read a lot of sleep stories, and the pace is far slower than I would naturally read at. This bit of information that the directors send over with each script is really useful. They ask me to take your time in this read, speak slowly without being flat or dull, add inflections where necessary, suggested pace, 100 words per minute. Now that last bit is really specific, but it's really useful in this instance. And again, this is a quick win we're looking for. Just a few well-chosen words. So for instance, so far, we have all the technical information about the shape of the project. And then, non-binary young adult, vocal age, early 20s. British, regional accent preferred. And now, caring, reassuring best friend, thoughtful, moderate pace. That kind of information 
gives the voice actor something to work with, whatever the project is. Now, at this stage, I'm going to throw in another element, which is something I personally have found useful as an actor. I don't know if everybody does, but sometimes the brief says what it is and what it is not. Now, I love this when somebody does this because it feels to me like it's a fairly easy win. So it'll go something like um, what it is, conversational, informative, what it is not, stuffy or preachy, or what it is, thrilling and suspenseful, what it is not, casual and conversational. But it's important to keep this sort of thing really crystal clear and use precise, specific terms. You'll need, as I do, to have a thesaurus on speed dial. (laughs) And honestly, I will say it again. (laughs) I'm constantly saying this, but it will save you so much time if you put the effort in at this stage. Planning always seems so boring and non-creative, but honestly, sifting your way through hundreds of lacklustre auditions looking for voiceover gold is really dull and time-consuming. Which brings me on to the final step, really, which is step five, include a bespoke script. You don't need to put the whole thing in there, But Bespoke is brilliant because what it does is it gives you the chance to hear not just how they are interpreting your lines, but how their studio sounds. So it's really difficult to judge if they can actually deliver the right tone and the right quality if you just listen to their professionally produced reels. At least, I think so, on a pay-to-play site or a casting site, people have often got fancy, fancy reels, which have probably been produced elsewhere. So what you need to know is that that voice actor can deliver what you want and at the quality that you want it delivered at. If you're going through an agent or booking a voice you already know, well, then that's a completely different ballgame, probably. But if it's on a pay-to-play site and you don't know them, then honestly, a bespoke script will be fantastic. And you only need to include quite a short excerpt from it. About 30 seconds, really, that's enough for you as a director to hear and get a feel for the voice. Um, And actually, as a voice, I, I tend to only record about 30 seconds or so for an audition anyway, even if they give me a huge, great long script. And it might be useful to know, having written thousands of scripts in my time, that there is a kind of rule of thumb for how many words there are in a script. So ordinary moderate speech you're looking at around two and a half words per second, which is about 75 words in a 30-second script. Fast pace, so for a really kind of high-octane commercial-type script, you can go up to about three words per second, perhaps even more, but comfortably about 100 words in a 30-second script will get you the high-octane feel you need, but also allow them a little bit of space to land the words that you want. Now, my sleep stories are a really slow pace comparatively. They're around 50 words per 30 seconds, so completely different. Read your script out loud at the pace you want and time yourself on your phone, and you will get to grips with how long a script should be. Character sides for animation or gaming or drama are slightly different. I mean, you're The script that you would include in an audition there is different. You're looking to cover all the different stages of emotions that the character goes through. So short extracts from different scenes in the script are useful. 
as well as an overall character brief. And audiobooks are different again. But to be honest, those um, are probably, that's probably a different episode entirely than this one. So that's pretty much it. There are these five stages. But there are also some useful extras that you could think about that you could weave into that. Uh, I often see celebrity references, for instance. Sometimes casting briefs will reference a celebrity voice or voices that are in line with the kind of tone that they want. And this is this can be really useful because the voice talent isn't going to do you a direct imitation. Um, it's not as literal as that, but what they can pull out of those voice types are the essence of what you're looking for, and they can bring that into their audition. So if you're looking for somebody that sounds a bit like Olivia Coleman or Will Smith or whatever it is that you happen to want, then do include that. Or you can even include a reference to a past project that you've done that you want the same sort of approach for. So that's absolutely fine. That's useful stuff. And then there are a few things to avoid. Sometimes I see in voice briefs contradictions. So they'll say something like, we want a voice that is upbeat and enthusiastic, easygoing and casual. And now it's really tricky to nail all those things at the same time. So when you have written your brief, look it over and just take a moment to assess whether you've actually got it right or whether all of those things you're asking the voice actor to do are, are actually quite, quite confusing things. Because in that instance, perhaps a clearer direction would be we want a voice that's positive, passionate and relatable or something like that. And try and avoid overthinking the brief. It really doesn't need to be that long or detailed, despite the length I can see of this episode. Um, a few key descriptive words of what you're looking for in the delivery should be sufficient to attract the right talent. And again, the character sides, the audiobooks, things like that, they are slightly different. But for the majority of stuff that you're looking for on a pay-to-play site, then keep it brief. So where have we got to? How to write a voiceover brief for a casting site. And really, there are five steps. Step one is all the production details. The what, the where, the when, the how, and the budget. So what is the project? Is it a commercial? Is it an e-learning? Is it a corporate explainer? Where is it going to be used? Is it on an internal company website? Is it an award ceremony? Is it an advert that's going out on national broadcast? When are your deadlines for recording and delivery? How are you going to connect with the voice? Is it going to be a remote recording session? Directed or not directed? Do they need any particular software in order to connect with your studio? Or is it actually a studio session? Do you actually want them to come in and voice at your studio in town? And the budget, the recording fee, and the usage can be to be confirmed, unless you are crystal clear on knowing what the usage is, if that's what you want. Step two is clarifying the gender and the vocal age of the actor that you're looking for. Step three, the language and the accent. Step four, the vocal characteristics, the pitch, the tone, the pace. And you can include here any celebrity references or other references. What it is, what it is not, but be clear 
and don't be confusing. Really, we're looking here from the voiceover perspective of trying to nail what you're looking for so that we can be what you need us to be. And step five, include a short bespoke script for maximum benefit, because that will allow you to hear how the voice actor is going to interpret your actual words, but also allow you to hear that the quality of their studio is the quality that you need. So you will be happy to hear that it took you far longer to listen to this episode than it should to take you to actually write a brief. And if you've made it this far, congratulations. If you can add even some of these points into your future brief writing, then that's amazing because you can then be confident that your clear, precise profile will attract the right voice for your project, which should save you time and frustration and ultimately give you more choice and get you more bang for your bucks. And professional voices are often overlooked and they're hurried through as projects near their deadlines. And if that's you, and it was definitely me, then having clarity of brief is even more useful. Because with very little effort, once you get into the swing of it, your project will now have a huge advantage in attracting the right voice actor to it. So that's it for this week. Until next time. This was Talking Creative, the art of voiceover directing. And I'm Samantha Boffin, voice actor and thesaurus lover. (laughs) Bye. That's it for this week on Talking Creative, the art of voiceover directing. If you're new here, do take a moment to subscribe, rate and review on your favourite podcast app. Or head over to talkingcreative.co.uk where you'll find the whole series so you can get the most from every single booking.